Welcome to the Barry Podcast. We're the Lorehounds, your guides to binging podcasts until you validate your worst impulses. I'm John. <laughs> and I'm David. And this is our coverage of the HBO original series, Barry. In this episode, we'll be giving an overview of season four, episode six, The Wizard. Some quick programming notes before we give you our full spiel at the end. We were just on Electric Boogaloo, uh, the uh, Wool Shift Dust podcast for Silo by our network affiliate, Alicia, just dropped its episode three, and there's a lot more coming in May, so we'll have a fuller rundown of everything at the end. Quick note about our Patreon. Uh, we've got one, um, and for as uh, little as $3 a month, you can get ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. You also get early access and other exclusive content. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary, and we'd love to break through 100 subscribers by the end of July. And everyone who's subscribed by the end of July is going to get a free thank you sticker that we're designing specially for this purpose. So if you're interested, check us out at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Another quick note about ratings and reviews. If Patreon doesn't work for you, but you still want to do something to show your appreciation, consider leaving us a rating and uh, or a review on Apple Podcasts. Go to our show page, scroll down to the bottom, click on the stars, maybe leave a little sentence. You know, it doesn't even have to be a fully formed sentences. And um, it really does help us a lot in boosting our rankings and helping people find the podcast. A quick reminder that for this season of Barry, we're doing a short form recap. So if you've got any comments on anything we didn't discuss, send us feedback for the next episode. You can send those emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website, either use the voicemail feature or the contact form, or you can post a message on our Discord server and we can include those as well. Links in the show notes below. David, how are you feeling about Barry now? Ooh, this was, <laughs> this is not a comedy anymore. This is no, a dark <laughs> psychological thriller with a sort of highlight. You know, there's a few highlights of comedy. Yeah, like bingo. Uh, that That's one that got me. Like there were some, <laughs> there were some good laughs, but it is, you're right. This is primarily a drama. Yeah. Um, beautifully shot episode the whole season. The, I really like the austere style. Uh, especially uh, where <laughs> Barry and Sally are currently living. Um, there's a kind of gothic horror to it, even though it's yeah. a simple construction. And the other thing I, I really love is the camera work. Um, I'm not as big a fan as the of the mockumentary floating camera with the snap zoom thing. I mean, you see that on a lot of the stuff like you know Parks and Rec or uh, or The Office. Even mm -hmm. Succession is using that, which I think is using it successfully. It's just not you know, a personal favorite of mine. But I really love these are fixed camera positions. They do some just simple panning and zooming. Um, and it really creates, I don't know what the way to describe it, but uh, it, it transfixes me and it really mm -hmm. grabs my attention. Um, so yeah, so I'm really enjoying the, the craft of the what's going behind the making of this season. That said, this season, big eight-year time jump, and wow, a lot got revealed this episode. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I was prepared for everything that was revealed. I really feel like I'm inside the head of, of Bill Hader here. Right. And every cinematic... I've heard, I heard a little interview with him, and I've heard some conversation around this season one of the things I picked up was that he's a real big film lover. 
Mm -hmm. Film is a really important thing for him, but he found an easier route to making television uh, rather than, you know, going, you know, directly and becoming a, a Hollywood producer. And, but now I feel like this season is this is would be a season that I would love to binge big chunks of episodes back to back. Yeah. To really have a cinematic feel to this. And I think that every little uh, twinge idea half sketched out on the back of a napkin, you know, scraps of notes, all the things that that Bill Hader has been wanting to do as a writer and director, he's just cramming into this and making it all work. And it's just a, a really wild ride. I don't know how to describe this season of television. It's phenomenal. It really is um, a unique perspective. Uh, and I, like I said, I really feel like I'm inside of Bill uh, Hader's head watching what he's giving us. What did you think? Yeah. Um, after a very slow last episode, this just was... It had everything, right? I, you know, last episode I liked it. I, I, uh-huh. I couldn't say a bad thing about last episode. It was just okay. a different vibe from the show, right? And this, yeah, was, it was a huge tonal shift. Huge yeah. tonal shift. I don't want to say this was a return to form because it is different than what we got before, mm-hmm. but it was more similarly paced to mm-hmm. what we got before, right? So that was a nice, I, I guess, return to form. If I have to choose a phrase, and. Seeing all our fa- all our favorite characters, all our favorite uh, antiheroes come back. You know, you got Fuchs, you got Noho Hank is back. You mean, he, you mean the Raven? The Raven, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I even, I corrected myself within my own outline own head. Here. Yeah, all right. Uh, because, because, yeah, he's, he's the Raven. He's got the tattoos to prove it now. The whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah, seeing everybody come back, seeing what happened to them, and it, it all tracks. Yep. And yes, it all tracks. It's also yeah. not what I would have written for them. You know what I mean? Never would have expected this season to go where it's yeah. gone. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see how this wraps up. It feels like there should be four more episodes, and there are mm-hmm. two more episodes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the length is going to be longer on the last two because it just feels like there's so much to wrap up now. It's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit longer of a. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, tell tell the story that you need to tell, and if it yeah. if it takes whatever long, however long it takes, it's it's fine. There's got to be a couple of big set pieces coming, yeah. right? Yeah. We've got conflict coming. We certainly have uh, Barry in a vulnerable position at the end of this episode. <laughs> One might say, uh, One might potential say. conflict with uh, Fuchs and and. Uh, Noho Hank. What is he? No, no ball Hank now. What is it's Noah name? ball. It's Noah for, ball. It's for Cristobal. Oh, right. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Of course. It yeah. Is. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, and we'll you talk about get that it from the bit. statue of Cristobal in the middle. Well, of, of course, I saw that. <laughs> I was so wowed by the, the, the statue of Cristobal. Yeah. The one thing that yeah. caught me out was when they were in, uh, checking out the house, when uh, Hank is like, and this is the um, eagle's nest, or I forget what he calls the the viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for Fuchs to go, you mean the Raven's Loft yeah. or something to that effect. <laughs> it would have been good. Would have been. He good. never corrected him. Or even at dinner when he was drunk and talking, I thought he was going to say something, but he didn't. Anyway. Yeah. I, how did Fuchs get to the Raven? I know, I know when he did it. I know that that was what he was saying to the cops and whatnot, but right. why the Raven? Wasn't that a Chechen thing? No, he just said it. Goes it. In, he in, just even, said it, and then they were really? like, "Oh, we think it's linked to this guy named the Raven." Uh huh. 
I, and then the cops just took that and ran with it. That was in season three, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That was when they first booked him and they were questioning him and they had his DNA on. Uh, I think it was actually they got his tooth from Goron's place. Right. So. I'm so disconnected between season two and season three. It's hard. I can't remember all the things going back. This gotcha. would be a good, this would be a whole fun binge watch from season one, episode one, all the way through. It's, yeah, it's such a weird picture portrait of, uh, of American life almost yeah. <laughs> of like Hollywood <laughs> yes. and, and how mm-hmm. people just discard other people and oof, very, yeah. very, very interesting show. A lot to say about, I don't even know what it's saying anything about. You know what I mean? It's saying a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things and I don't know who mm-hmm. it's about. Right. Is there really it's a, 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 a hitman turned <laughs> actor out there somewhere actor. that needs to see this? Well, I think it's certainly definitely saying a lot about Hollywood and the production of of yeah. media and entertainment. I don't know that I'm qualified to evaluate all the fun that it's poking at. Well, we're not qualified to say any of this, but we do. No, anyway. hey, you know, if you're listening to us, you know, you're you're listening at listening at your own risk, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, listener beware. Um but yeah, I think I think he's definitely poking at a, a lot of things and at uh, modern American life as well in a yeah. number of ways. So, yeah. yeah. Well, David, I think that's enough general thoughts. Why don't we get into the plot? Sounds good. So we're gonna do this in four sections. I tried to okay. do it in three. It felt a little clumsy. So here we are. The first one is Sally and John. And I gotta do. You know, we gotta adapt our form to what works because every. Oh, yeah. It's not a formulaic plot structure every episode. Right, right. So as the show is is telling its story, I think it's fine for us to be adapting our analysis to make it as easy as possible, especially right. with this shortened form. So yeah, it works. Right. We've got the Lorehounds clay that we mold to each That's episode. Right. All right. <laughs> All right, enough. Sally and John. After being left alone with John, Sally struggles to connect with her son. John is devastated by his father's absence and sulks. Sally, sick of dealing with John, Spikes his juice with alcohol, which puts him in a deep sleep. Sally takes a nap and awakens to a threatening voice. Checking around the house, a man in a black morph suit silently follows her around. When she walks into the bedroom, the door slams. She hears the voice of the man she killed, and a truck slams into the house, tilting it on its side and throwing the furniture around. John wakes up, and Sally calls Barry to beg him to come home. Oof, this was probably the most (laughs) tense part of the episode, in a tense episode. David, what did you think? Uh, is that what that thing is called? A morph suit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never. Oh, see, I was in no. high school when those came out. No, yeah. And they had to explicitly ban them because kids were coming in in different no morph suits. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, for green screen work, that's that's acceptable. I, I get that. <laughs> and if you're in certain, you know, uh, uh, adult consenting communities, I could see, you know, uh, the application there. But I did. I could never imagine high school. Yeah. No. People were just coming in in multicolored morph suits i don't know why they just <laughs> That's did because you could because yeah. you can yeah uh, so you couldn't <laughs> yeah there this whole sequence uh of stuff with sally and john um there's a lot of different layers and components so good thing we're here to break it down uh because i got some questions but i'll start off my comment with just the fact that as a parent this relationship between Sally and her son just hurts my soul. Yeah. It's a really, really yeah. painful and tragic. She's so disaffected. 
She so doesn't want to be a parent. She so doesn't know how to interact or relate. And Barry right. has such a hold over his son, such the bond, even how you know weird and effed up it is, um, that you can't even transfer the attention of the kid from one parent to the other. Right, and that is just yeah for me just mind blowing. I I it, and like I said, it hurts my soul. I I really don't understand. It's not, I don't know how to explain it. I just I feel so sad for the kid. Right. Well, there's also this part where Barry says to Sally when she asks him to move again, she go he goes you know at least he has his parents at least he knows his real parents. Right. She goes he thinks my name is Emily, <laughs> and she said well no he but he knows the real know. you. And I think in that moment, Sally realizes he doesn't know the real me. Like, even if you just strip Ooh, away the name stuff, the wig stuff. That's a good point. She is a shell of who she is, really. That's a good point. We've seen who she wants to be. We've seen who she is when she feels free. That's right. not the Sally that we're looking at right now. We are looking at Emily. We're looking at a different person. She is so inhabited the role. Um, so when she goes to work every day, she's in that role. Right. And in the off time, she's medicating herself. Uh, right. Using alcohol or, uh, you know, hate watching the show uh, that replaced her uh, yeah. shot. Yeah. Uh, and so she's a ball of stress, of hate, of disaffection, of uh, terror, I guess, in some way. And then she's clinging to Barry in a way, not on a daily basis, clinging to him. Right. But she says she feels safe with him. And right. can't leave his proximity, other than for you know going to work or whatever. But you know they they you know in that in that uh, larger structure of life. And yeah, so yeah, you're right. That's a really good point. She does it. She's not presenting herself as a no, real person to her. She's not. Yeah, and uh, I think she sees Emily as John's mom, and I don't. I think that Sally in her mind is not John's mom. Interesting. And it's it's devastating to think about that. Yeah. And to think about how detached she is and how, how dissociated she is from this life. But that's just what it is. And, you know, she feels trapped by her choices. She fe Obviously, she's still thinking about the guy she killed. Yeah. Because that right. follows her. I mean, I think that was the whole point of the morph suit. All right. Let's let's talk about this quick. Okay. Yeah. I don't I didn't even understand. Did this I didn't really happen? I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch our episode before recording today. So I am just confused AF about what happened. Oh, wait a minute. I'm just clicking to it now. So the whole metal in the eye thing. Yes. That's what the guy said back at the house Correct. when she killed. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Light bulb going on here. So did it really happen? I don't know. Is it, who is the guy that she assaulted? <laughs> In the bathroom. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Bevel or something. It was Bevel, uh, Blevin. It, it yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was really him, though. Okay. Well, then who hit the house? Nobody hit the house. A tornado? I don't think anybody hit the house. She hit the house. I think that she, she have a violent tore apart the house. Right. She had a she violent, was. disassociative. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, hallucinated this stuff happening. Wow. Because, yeah, the whole morph suit thing... The shadow that was really weird. Um, you, she didn't notice his presence if he was really there. Right. And I was like, I was, I was thinking this guy's really stealthy. 
right. that he can breathe and just be and walk right. without making any kinds of sound. Well, that's the morph suit, you know, you just, you yeah. just put it on and nobody can <laughs> exactly. see it. Exactly. It was a very, you know, it was, it was bending light uh, into him. He was a, a, <laughs> right. kind of a, a singularity right. of type. Okay. So that's really interesting. So she had a drunken rage. She blacked out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and she's an alcoholic. She's been drinking her brains out for right. eight years. It's right. absolutely a thing that if you're an alcoholic, you can have hallucinations. Okay. If you're if you're binge drinking, you know, right. if you're like I've never been, drinking. I've never been there. I've I mean, done me either, but <laughs> I I know that this is a true thing. Like, you don't need drugs to get the hallucinations. You can get there with alcohol. Interesting. That's my point. Okay. And uh, I think that she's just at that point, right? I mean, she. You look at the way she walks into the bedroom. She's walking like a drunk person. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was completely smashed when she's trying to get John right. up off the couch. Yeah. You know, she's at the point of spiking her own son's drink, her se- mm-hmm. seven-year-old son's drink. And uh, it's it's horrible. And I think she's just at the point of hallucinating. And it's not just it's not just the alcohol. It's also the stress of the situation. She might have been falling in and out of sleep, having a kind of nightmare that morphed into a hallucination and waking. Uh, a lot of a lot of options there. Because I don't see a truck knocking a. <laughs> It's like no. that, unless it's a trailer or some sort of no. one room shack thing. That is a violent right. motion. And, and people you know, pointed out the truck was unscathed when it drove okay. away. Mm-hmm. Why would it be unscathed? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'm in with you on this, especially now that I understand. Because when the door slammed, and then he starts talking about the eye stuff. I was really confused. I, w- was there like a hook on the eye right, on the right, end right. and it slammed into his eye? But then right. I was like, wait, it, didn't the door go the other way? I, I got really confused. And like I said, I didn't right. have a chance to to do a second watch. So that makes a lot of sense. Right. That she had a violent blackout. And then in a um, moment of terror, she's calling Barry. Right. And exactly. John is, who's Barry? Right. Like, who well, is she's this heard person? him called Barry before. Yeah. So but still, he doesn't understand what's yeah. going on, and he just wants his dad back. Yeah, I think I think he is smart enough to put together Barry is dad's other name. Right. But yeah, it is it is weird that she's suddenly just comfortable doing that in front of him, you know, because she's she's that out of it. I have no idea where this storyline is going to go. <laughs> Me I don't know what's going to happen. Either. I just Sally. feel badly for John. Completely. Yeah, not not to mention that he's your namesake, but you know. <laughs> fair enough. Your 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 stage namesake. Well, don't tell Mark the people at home. No. Um, let's talk about Gene. Okay, let's do it. Back from exile on a kibbutz, Gene tells an executive he will not let them make the movie about Barry because he does not want him immortalized. Gene has a cold visit with his son Leo, who survived the shooting. Later, he returns home and leaves the door open. So, a short plot, but a lot of yeah. information. He's on a kibbutz. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I was wondering when the episode started and, and we, we were running, I was like, wait, I, I thought this was going to be some sort of isolated incident or uh, episode with Gene and bringing us back yeah, up. Yeah. But they were able to pretty well drop Gene into the storyline. Right. And I, I felt like it, it all flowed and made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense to go lose yourself in that way. Yeah. And he seems to have found both him and Fuchs spent time away right and found something within them of you know some aspect some true aspect of their nature some true aspect of their character right and i'm sure you know what a kibbutz is oh yeah uh, maybe we should say for our listeners a kibbutz is a collective farming uh 
plot of land that, you know, it's, it's almost a commune, you know, it's a, it's a commune basically in Israel where you farm the land, you share things. It's, it's, uh, cooperative it's a thing labor. that people do. Yeah. It's a cooperative yeah. labor thing. Yeah. 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 Good so, for Gene, yeah. but yeah. that's the point. That's where he was. He was hiding away in Israel. Yeah. And, uh, he seems to be the better for it. And now we also learn that Leo was only wounded and, and not, you know, uh, uh, dead. Right. <laughs> I guess you know else. Right. Uh, but how awful it. is it that he never even checked on Leo afterwards? Right. So he just disappeared. He just like, right. Uh, bye. He was like, told your son's going to live. And he was like, okay, then I'm leaving. I'm gone. Yeah. That's right. wild. Called right. 911 for him, made sure he got to the hospital and then sh- disappeared. Because a gunshot, anything that goes into the hospital that involves gunshot wounds has to be reported. Right. So right. somehow he was able to to take off and, and disappear. I mean, it sounds like he left that night. He was like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Gone. Yeah. So, well, uh, let's would, talk about the movie thing. This is a big yeah, the movie thing exactly. for mm-hmm. Gene to not want a movie made out of his life. I mean, he's the hero, too. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to go be the hero in the thing. And do we feel this is genuine? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. he's, I think he's turned. Uh, okay. I think you're right. Not, I just figured I put it out there. Yeah, I think sitting there with that executive and being as dead serious as he was, and then telling Leo, you know, I, I came back to kill because to come back under, you know, not only being wanted by the police for you know multiple reasons, uh, both in for investigation purposes as well as you know some legal reasons, um, and then. Knowing that Barry, not knowing where Barry is, um, that is a big risk for him to take to come back. So, yeah, I think coming back, right for him, he he's really clear about why he wants to come back, and that is to to stop this deal. Now, do you think he contacted Jim Moss, or do you think Jim Moss heard that Jim was in town and came by? I think I don't think he contacted Jim Moss. I think okay. I think Jim picked it he's up. On, he's, he's going rogue. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Moss has right eyes and ears. He's paying attention. You know, he's you know waiting patiently for something like this to happen. Right. Okay. And Leo is the natural, and obviously where Barry goes. Right. You know, so you've got you know Leo, you've got Gene, um, and if anything, Barry's going to come out of the woodwork to come there. So. Moss knows exactly what he needs to do is, is sit on Leo's house. The only reason I would think that Gene might have called Jim is that Gene left his door open, which is such a weird thing to do. I feel like oh, you think they it's set up unlocked. Barry? Yeah, it is weird. It's it was open. weird. Yeah. So I think it might have been a setup for Barry. So, and that wasn't Leo. Oh, right. Because that's uh, Gene's house where right. his uh, agent right. was uh, living. All right, so I got confused a little bit there too. Again, um, yeah, so that makes that makes sense in a way. All right, you're talking a lot of sense to me this episode. That's all right. Um, we'll we'll be here for you. Maybe <laughs> you can get sense out of podcasts like Barry does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that aspect of it. That's for sure. All right, uh, let's talk so, about Fuchs. Okay. Yes, the Raven. After eight years of prison, Fuchs. I'm sorry, the Raven is out. He finds a partner at a local coffee shop and goes to Hank's new headquarters, Noha Ball. There, he and his lackeys agree to protect Hank's assets in exchange for their best lodging and a meeting with Barry. 
Hank agrees to the lodging, but stresses that the Barry part is difficult. Later, the Raven congratulates Hank for killing Cristobal, doubles down, and is told the deal is off and he should be out of the premises by the next morning. Wow, a lot happened here, too. How did he just get a girlfriend at the coffee shop (laughs) who's just just with him at the crime thing? It's a very Fonzie thing. I don't know that you ever watched any of Happy Days, but (laughs) uh, Henry Winkler could, you know, the character of Fonzarella, could snap his fingers and... Uh, women would flock to his side, and the so look that it was so perfect. The Raven that the Raven <laughs> gave uh, the woman at the coffee shop counter. I was, I was like, is he threatening her? And then the next moment, she's They're around the, his arm. Yeah, in the back of the the uh, the uh, convertible. It was so good. So I was weird. like, wait a minute. I actually flicked. I did sort of rewind ten seconds to double check myself <laughs> to to see what the, and the I was look like, oh, was not a come along with me, honey kind of look it was i'm gonna change your life that's what that look was yeah yeah oh boy and then her uh her daughter who is uh going to college for agriculture and is just listening (laughs) to this criminal organization (laughs) talk about all the terrible things they're doing oh yeah yeah. no i'm I'm going to school right now yeah it's it was it was so that's that's something that barry has always done well is make criminals seem super normal like put them into super normal situations that go oh they're just regular guys who do awful things yeah, the smoothie bars over here, right? right? Do your team building exercises over there. We've got, you know, you got the app on your phone with your money on it. Right. <laughs> Hank right. is brilliant. He's a brilliant business. There's no question. He I know is. He is. Sliding were off you, topic there. Were you surprised by the humor still with Hank? How so? Because I thought that we were going to get Hank a few years later and he was going to basically be Goron. Okay. Be very tough. Be very sensitive about everything. You know, just just a much more traditional crime lord like we saw in season one. Uh huh. And what we got was basically just Hank, a little bit vengeful, but he it's not like he hasn't been vengeful before. He was still Hank. So looking around the lobby at uh, what's the <laughs> what's the the corporation Noah called again? Noble. Everybody's dressed down. They're not dressed up in business attire. Uh, and so they have a criminal element, you know, uh, appearance to them. So I just love that he's gone. He's done. It was, it's just like when he was talking to the barista and they were talking about business stuff and everything that he was yeah. planning with Cristobal. Yeah. It was all always focused in this way of creating structure and corporatizing their criminal activities. Right. Uh, right. And so unshackled now and with the full syndicate behind him. He's just gone. And obviously he's making money because right. businesses, houses, the, and they've kept him in charge. So they right. must be very happy. So And I'm sure there's plenty of organizations around that are, you know, legitimate fronts for awful organizations in the background. <laughs> and this is just one of them now. Right. That's right. So we gotta talk a little bit about Steven Root here. <laughs> the, okay. The his physicality. His the tattoo work that they put on him. Yep, amazing. Just the whole transformation, his role, his uh, his demeanor. It, it when he was coming out of Chechi and stuff from before, there was always a level of of comic. Uh, this is I, I don't really take this guy seriously. He's trying to be dangerous. He's yeah. trying to be a little yeah. bit, you know, something. And as he's rolling out of uh, prison. 
I really got the sense that this transformation is all the way to his toes, all you know, from from you know, top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He has become a hardened criminal. I will say though, well, I think he probably has lackeys. He think could, thinks he could go toe to toe with Barry. Uh huh. I don't think that he could do anything if he were in a room alone with Barry. Sure. Agreed. I think he's just dead. I think he runs screaming. I think we see the old Fuchs immediately. So, uh, well, I don't know. I think I think Fuchs might, you know, if if he had to fight toe to toe, I don't. I think he'd stand up. I, I like this. Uh, I'm hmm. curious about this. You say uh, requests a meeting with Barry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I put that. Was lightly. that your tongue in cheek? Uh, I put that lightly. Phrasing. All right. Very well, good. You know, that's it's one of his conditions. The. Uh, it was a brilliant part of this episode for him to ask for Barry and for Hank to say, okay, well, we learned his former actor acting teachers in town, so it right. m- might lead to something. We're on it, yeah. Uh, because when Barry gets blackbagged later, I'm thinking, okay, that's Hank's guys. We're uh-huh. going to have that confrontation. And then, you know, obviously that was not. <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously not. So uh, do you want to switch gears and then and switch over to that? Anything else we want to say about Fuchs? I think that's good. Uh, he found himself I, in the tattoo parlor, as I think Hank said. <laughs> exactly. And Stephen Root's uh, uh, characterization is absolutely yeah. top-notch. I'm going to miss this character. He's yes. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Or do, is that uh, you're going to miss him from the season, or are you going to miss him as in well, the show's something's going to happen? Right. The show's basically over. That, well, that yeah, makes no, me think. I, I think, I think Fuchs makes is a survivor. Think. I think he'll probably live. Okay. All right. He's going he's gonna to raise a new Barry, I think. Interesting. Okay. All right. Speaking of Barry, let's talk about him. After teaching Sally how to assemble a gun, Barry insists he needs to kill Gene against Sally's wishes. During his travels to L.A., Barry selectively listens to Christian podcasts until he finds one that validates <laughs> his decision to kill Gene. So good. Bingo, he says. I love that. He tails Gene to his son's house, but stops himself from going through with the murder after Gene's grandson walks in. Later, he sees Gene's door open and uh, approaches the house with his gun. As he gets to the door, a black bag is put over his head. Barry ends the episode face-to-face with Jim Moss in the garage. Okay, so I'm going to go back now that I've got the scene straight in my head. I think you're right. Now, whether Gene called Jim or Jim called Gene... You know who made contact and whatever. I, you know, that's I think immaterial to some degree. Was it a setup? You don't leave. You live in a major metropolitan city, right? You don't leave your front door open after dark just as a matter of course. I don't want anybody seeing me through my house as I'm walking around. You know, off the street, regardless of what whatever levels of crime or safety or security that you might have, you just don't really do it. So yeah. I, I I do think it's a, a kind of setup. Right. If he left it unlocked, that's one thing. He left exactly. it ajar. Wide open. That's yeah. not, yeah, that's not right. normal. Especially he's going upstairs. He wasn't even just like putting his stuff down. He was right. going upstairs. Right. So yeah, whether whether it was Jim, I think maybe Gene too is clever enough to know that Jim Moss is his strongest ally on this. Yes. Uh, you know, he still has the uh <laughs> rightly so upset about the loss of his daughter and um you know that he's sort of a very very dangerous guy and you need a 
berry level operator to take out a berry. Yeah. You know, unless you uh, some sort of accidentally stumbled, whatever, you know, you, you, you got a lucky shot in a, in a crisis situation. But if you're going to hunt a hunter, you know, you need somebody at that same level of skill. And the only person in this universe that we've had that has demonstrated that level of competence is Jim Moss. I would say maybe Barry's former squad mate who had okay. him cornered in the desert. Oh, uh, right, right. But didn't he, but he doesn't kill him in the interest. car? No, no, no. That Two different guys. Uh, okay, all right. This Sorry. was the, sec- the, the one that caught him in the desert with uh, burying the body. Okay. And said, you know, you, got, you been... saved me back in the day. That was at the end of season three. Okay. You saved okay. me back in the day. You got to stop this. Right. Uh, and then right after that is when Barry got caught. Okay. So Interesting. What language do you think Jim teaches Barry to speak in gibberish after his interrogation? Wait, sorry, what? Uh, like, I'm... you know, how the reporter could only speak in German after his interrogation. With oh, Jim oh right. <laughs> I was like, what? what do you that think? What do you think? Question. Do you think it's going to be like Gaelic or something? Something really <laughs> obscure? Where, where this show is going and what's coming out of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, his head. Um, All right. I'm, I'm going to write a joke here. We're going to have him learn some like Aramaic and he's going to go home to Sally. And she's going to be like, you're speaking in tongues, honey. Um that would be yeah. fitting given that he wants to, you know, create some sort of, uh, you know, he's, he's reaching back to this, some kind of morality, yeah. right? And reaching yeah. for religion to, to, to connect himself. But yeah, what's inside of Bill Hader's head here? I have no <laughs> idea. I, there's no way for me to predict. Right. Um, and I think the confrontation between uh, Moss and Barry is going to be a good one. Yeah. Because these, like I was saying, these are two master players of this very dangerous and deadly game. And yeah. Jim Moss is no fool and he's not going to let Barry get an upper hand. And so yeah. it's going to take everything that Barry's got to be able to get out of this situation. I don't think he does get out, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, did you know that one of the podcasters Barry was listening to was Bill Burr? Oh, no. Just, these were fake <laughs> podcasts, funny. obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they weren't. Uh, th- thankfully, because they were wild, some of them, because, you know, they're telling you, yeah, murder's okay sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I really liked how Barry is binging these podcasts over and over again. He's yeah. just searching for one person to say, yes, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, the first one he listens to, it's like, you know, one sin's not worse than another and this and that. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be his validation except murder. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) turns out he needs, he needs a new podcaster next episode. Uh, it's, it's so true. And it's not just, I don't want to like rag on Christianity here. It's for any belief system is if you want to find something to validate what you want to do, you probably will. And Mm -hmm. that's true of religious people and non-religious people, you know, people of all different ethical codes. I think well, that or or data, sure. uh, you know, we we recently all became, you know, uh, armchair data scientists during the <laughs> pandemic. Right. And suddenly people were talking all kinds of things and finding meaning in the numbers, even though we're not really trained to understand the A lot of us aren't trained to understand the numbers. And so you can right. find what you want to find if you're looking hard enough for it. Right. Right. So, yeah. Barry found what he wanted to find. Bingo, yeah. he says. And he stops the podcast there because he's like, I don't want to hear anymore. I don't anymore. want him to say anything else that contradicts it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really good. Perfect. And as a podcaster, Perfect. I had to laugh. I was like, oh, yeah. that's 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 funny. 
Guys, no. I hope that no one ever, ever gets inspiration to do anything terrible from our podcast. We don't support it. <laughs> no. Okay? Don't do it. Follow the laws. Be good to yes. each other. You know? Yes. So. Well, that was an exciting episode, David. Yeah. And it wasn't... I was expecting the the tension and the velocity of the episode to really ramp up. But even though they stacked everything up and ready for us, it doesn't feel like they've lit the match yet. Or maybe right. they've lit the match, but they haven't right. lit the fuse. And I think at the end of this episode is is the fuse lighting and it's gonna it's gonna pop off uh in so many different directions uh that we have no idea which direction. Last night I actually was gonna watch this Sunday night at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. But I had watched the Succession um, right. episode just before it, which is a really uh, intense episode. Right. And I'm so glad because I think my soul would have been really wounded <laughs> going from that episode, it was the American Decides episode, to this would have really thrown my head into a, in a funny place because whatever, like I said, whatever Bill Hader is doing in this episode, it is deep, deep from within his psychology. It is. Uh, And I am so glad we're having the chance to talk about it because uh, otherwise it would just be sitting in my head rattling around. I'd be wondering about all this stuff all day long. I know. Me too. I'm really glad we're covering this show. Uh, No feedback this week from the listeners. So get on that, guys. You know, head to thelorehounds.com slash contact if you want to leave us a voicemail or a uh, contact form entry or email lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Or just uh, tag us in the Discord. Say, I'm thinking about this, want to chat about it, and we will bring that onto the pod. But for this week, we don't have any. Why don't we move on to thanking our patrons, David? Sure. Uh, real quick, thank you to Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., uh, Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve71, Brian8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, and DJ Miwa. You're all lore masters. You all help us keep the lights on at Lore Hound Central. Thank you all so very much. Thank you to all our patrons of all levels. At the end of July, everyone who is subscribed, even if you unsubscribe in August, that's fine. You're still going to get a sticker. It's not fine, David. Don't encourage them. <laughs> hey, I just want the subscribers, man. <laughs> I just want to break that 100. I really, really want us to break that 100. I hear Because I think Me it's too. one of those you know, moments where we're going to tip over um, and be able to... Just uh, like Sally's house. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully nobody in a morph suit behind us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's going to be a cool sticker. We'll send it to you in the mail as a thank you gift. It's going to have the rabbit and the lion from our logo with the Lorehounds... Uh, text uh, from our original podcast, and we're going to have a hand-scripted Elvish saying, basically saying, you know, uh, happy one-year anniversary kind of uh, vibe. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm having fun designing it, and uh, hopefully we're going to... Once I have the final design, we'll put it out publicly so people can see what it is, and, and uh, hopefully that will be exciting for folks. Yeah, but definitely. thank you all for being subscribers. It really does make a big difference for us. Let's yes. talk about the rest of May. Yes, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, <laughs> I've got the month of May. And here we are. I don't we know are. why I'm quoting doo songs now. It's getting late. Uh, so through. May programming notes. Yes. We were just on Electric Bookaloo with Maester Anthony uh, talking about the Tyrian chapter, one of the Tyrian chapters of A Clash of Kings, the A Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones book. 
go back and check out that podcast on the bald move house of the dragon hot d feed that was a fun episode to go on i really i really love talking with maester anthony about stuff so yeah definitely check it out we had a good time especially talking about Tyrion, which is always a joy to talk about oh yeah clearly the best character i will not take other and this this chapter was particularly interesting in, in terms of developing Tyrion's character. Yes. So we really get into a lot of yes. about his background psychology and stuff. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you want more from us, we had a lovely time talking with all four of us. It was you, me, uh, Alicia, and John. We were talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 movie that just came out. We reviewed it. Some of us loved it. Some of us liked it. Some of us liked it less. And I think that we had a good time. Uh, speaking of Alicia, she has just joined our network. It's a very dun, dun, exciting dun, dun, time. Dun, dun. It's so true. exciting. Yeah, we have our first network affiliate. Yes. And so please show her some love, especially on reviews. Go to her feed, Wool Shift Dust. Leave a review, a five-star review, if you will, uh, and write. Hey, you're great. You know, anything, anything, (laughs) Anything. your five star review, anything works. It's super helpful. Yeah, it helps her, especially as a new podcast to find new listeners. Uh, It's a show that not a lot of people are covering, and she's doing a really great job covering Silo on Apple TV Plus. So go check that out. It's a a great listen. We're really proud to have her and uh, welcome very much, Alicia. We also had uh, Second Breakfast come out talking about Sausage and Conan the Barbarian a lovely 1982 movie about Adam, uh, 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 what's his name? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Before he was the Terminator, his character was a barbarian who (laughs) learned a lot about shaming other people and taking glory out of it and then becoming a cyborg. And that's what the movie's about. That's basically the summary of it. That's your hot take. Yes. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so, so get more than my hot take on, Second Breakfast. A couple other notes. We have the Tombs of Atuan with Marilyn Arpukila coming next Monday. Uh, really excited to talk about that with her. We're recording it tomorrow. Well, David, that's all we're going to share now. Of course, if you want the full programming notes, you can go to the community updates it's tab true. on our uh, Discord server. Yep. But until then, I'm looking forward to talking with Barry, you, Barry with you more next week, David. We'll see you then. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.